G'day everybody, welcome to a new video. My name is Jay Boston. I am actually here with Jason Potter from Inertion. How you doing, big fella? Yeah, good, Jay. Good. That's good, mate. Good. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we had a couple of snags before. It's taken us a while to get this live, uh, well, not live stream, this uh, interview going, but uh, we're here. Jason contacted contacted me a couple of weeks ago saying that he wanted to have a chat and, um, yeah, I wanted to give him the opportunity to do that. So I'll just go straight over to you, Jace. How's everything going? Yeah, not, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Um, it's certainly been a tough few months for, for me and my family, actually, so... Um, uh, and I know a lot of people have questions, a lot of your viewers, a lot of people out there uh, in the land of electric skateboards, you know, what's been going on with mm. me and, and my company, Inertion Boards. And uh, before, I know you've got some questions, but before we get in the, into that, I just wanted to, to, to say something to start with. Um, it, it has been a tough few months, uh, the end of last year and, and uh, the start of uh, this year. It's been extremely turbulent market lots of challenges and um, unfortunately as, as much as we're, we've tried we we haven't been able to achieve our goals so I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of our customers our staff uh, my family my fans my friends DIY enthusiasts all over the globe um, it's been a great six years but unfortunately um, this week, inertia boards will be entering into voluntary liquidation and um, winding the company up. So, yeah, it's pretty sad news, and um, but we, we did our best, and, and we can only learn from from this this experience, and and hopefully uh, all be be better people from it. So, um, yeah, I can appreciate that. A lot of people thought that that was what was happening and uh, that, uh, you know, things had been a little bit challenging for you, like you said. Um, how, how do you see what's affected um, Inertion? Like, what is it that really was the thing that, that led Inertion down? Was it the manufacturing? Was it the marketing, the management? What do you see was not really to blame, but what was the cause? Um it's it, the, the the market just hasn't grown a, enough to support these this kind of business um we started out in an ultra niche market um back in 2014 you know innovating with different um niche products so people could make electric skateboards um that really isn't a sustainable business model long term uh, it's a good. It's good if you want a hobby business, but that was never our goal. We wanted to. We wanted to build a, a, a larger business um, and service an international market, um, and that's why we started putting all those parts together and building complete skateboards. That is the only way to have a larger, uh, broader appealing business and expand expand the customer base. Um, but it's very very difficult hardware manufacturing is very challenging um it's extremely um capital intensive uh we basically bootstrapped this business from day one we we, we never had big investors we you know our investors were our customers um and we invested everything back into trying to grow the business to a scale where I guess where economies of scale made it viable and and we got really close um, you know even with government support and and personal um, capital injections from myself and my family um, we got close but um, it's an extremely challenging market um, even the biggest uh, players with the, the most capital um, the most resources can't really make it work. So yeah, it's it's tough. I guess we've seen that as well recently with Boosted that you know they've been pouring through money. They've had seventy or eighty million dollars worth of uh, investment injection into the business over the last three or four years. And and if they're at the top of their game and they're trying to do what they can, and if the sales aren't there, then that becomes a struggle for them. That's got to 
an obvious roll-on effect to everybody that's in the e-skate community or even scooters, e-bikes, whatever it is. Um, do, do you see that that is one of the things that has happened with inertia too? That you're, you're, I guess you're saying there's not, a, there's not as many consumers out there that are buying electric skateboards. Uh, there's not an, an incline of of those people out there, especially for the premium boards that you've got, you know, your $2,000 boards. Um, there are a lot of other people that seem to be buying these more budget kind of boards, you know, the X-Way Flexes and things that they seem to be extremely popular. And it, it, do you see that premium still the way to go that, you know, if in the future that you do something that, uh, that you'd still, you'd stay premium or would you go a bit more budget? Um, for me personally, I, I'm not sure um, that the, uh, the, the market is viable to um, enter back into the market at this point. Um, skateboarding, I mean, I've, I've been skateboarding for years, you know, over 20 years. When I started skateboarding, it was a niche. Um, there are not a lot of skateboard companies, electric or, you know, normal skateboards that are massive, thriving, businesses um it's it, it, it's a niche and it always will be and it's going to be extremely challenging um unlike a bike uh, you know a bike the bike industry is massive you know lots of people ride bikes not a lot of people ride skateboards and um yeah i mean maybe we're a bit early in the market and and that has made it harder um it might grow and there might be more opportunities later, but yeah, at the moment it's it's not big enough, and it's there the, there are a lot of players entering the market um, with lower cost options, and the consumer is generally um, only interested in in you know a lot of their their the initial purchase for an electric skateboard. People don't really want to fork out a lot of money for something that might just be, you know, used a few times and, and if they don't know if they even like it or not, you know, so a lot of new people getting into the market uh, want the cheapest possible options generally and um, yeah, it, it's, it is what it is. It's extremely challenging. Mm, no, and it seems that way. Like you said, there's, except for Evolve skateboards that seem to be doing everything very well um they're all they're back themselves they've had no investment it's jeff and his missus that run the show that put all their money into it uh, and they're, they're doing very well the 10 years this year as well that they've been doing what they've been doing um and obviously yeah they've they've established their business they've got a huge following worldwide and they've set up networks and and i guess you know with inertia being inertia uh you know you've got a, a you know, you've had a very um very expensive board with the raptor uh raptor 2 um which everyone got involved with um i got one i thought it was one of the best boards i've ever had um and yeah then it hit the 2.1 uh the 2.1 you, you filmed all the behind the scenes and showed everybody how they made and all the time and energy that goes into it um and then uh you know there's been a lot of people with motor issues and and crumbling wheels and things like that that they've gone to get the support or asking questions or return boards or whatever um how, how do you how do you see what evolves done versus what inertia or some of the other businesses have done and and why they are they seem to be quite successful what what is it that that that's keeping yeah, them look, going I, I, I think business model design is very underrated um no one talks about business model design enough um i think if you look at um the business model that Evolve has built. Um, they have international distributors that are essentially run as independent businesses that um, service the local market. They, they can look after their customers in the country that the product is purchased in. They import the product into that country and service it and support it and, and that's that's something that um, we were trying to achieve. Um, yeah. We 
certainly knew that trying to service the entire world um, as a small Australian business uh, wasn't viable. We um, started bringing these um, potential distributors in and we were achieving that in many countries. Um, and the capital required to achieve that uh, is much higher. You, you, the, these distributors want to order products and, and have them delivered in a timely manner in their country, ready to go. Um, and that's tough. The Australian government has got some great um, purchase order financing um, grants and things like that in place that we were eligible for and had approvals in place, um, you know, payments up to 200,000, 300,000, that there is money available there, but you need to secure these purchase orders. You need to have um, supply contracts in place with these distributors in other countries. And um, we were on the road uh, last year working towards that and, and we had um, signed up a few of these these deals and um, that was our plan. We were transitioning from this entity that essentially was trying to service a global market into more of a distributor based business model. Mm. Um, I mean and from just just that um, was just to break in there if I can, the there was a like I think that's when you did the Euro World Tour. Was that right? When you were going around and meeting yeah. everybody and um, yeah. and yeah, you came to the It's Electric event. I saw you there. A whole bunch of people saw you there. Um, mm -hmm. And just just reading on Reddit and some of the things that people have been saying too that they they saw this as from my point of view and from what you were saying and from what others were saying, this was kind of like the last attempt at really making getting inertia out there getting it to a point where it can be a worldwide business um that's right and then and then you've seen there's been a whole lot, lot of haters on there that have been saying you know that jason wasn't actually doing that it was more as a holiday that he was on the drink all the time and all this other stuff right but i i could see as well that when you were touring and and you were meeting up with people you were you were traveling on the road and you were meeting distributors and things like that that's where i think some people get the perception that this was you know people you you were kind of using people's money that had placed orders to to have a great time but then on the other side too you were there to obviously mingle and network with these people that were doing similar things um mm -hmm. and yeah i think you were traveling with a with a bunch of people and i can't remember who it was but i, I remember that was someone that you were trying to get uh an agreement yeah with that was well. that was one of our um distributors for europe so we planned to do a whole trip through Europe um, with them visiting all the stores and, and we that's what we did essentially it just so happened that the uh, that coincided with uh, the the event in France and of course we're gonna go and, and enjoy that and and see everyone there and and see that that's a, been a dream of mine for years um, so of course we're going to get involved and and do that but the the main goal there was to uh, meet our distributors existing distributors and potential distributors and sign deals i mean that um at the end of that european trip we had secured uh, orders for 150 raptors um and we we're about to then start the us and canadian leg of that trip after europe and we had um three um interested distributors there, Canada, East Coast and West Coast of America. And we would have returned from that um, with um, hopefully, the, the, we needed around 200 um, purchase uh, orders, or not 200 purchase orders, but purchase orders for 200 units. And then uh, we had um, a pre-approval from the Australian government for um, a purchase order financing so we, we were working towards that and that was a part of our plan to transition from our, you know, our grassroots business model that really wasn't set up for global distribution and, and things like that. That was our transition. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, it was a really tough time transitioning from restructuring a business model and transitioning from your traditional revenue streams into a completely different revenue um, stream model is extremely tough. Um, during that trip, our head of customer support um, quit without notice. Our engineers um, also basically walked away from us as well at that point. Um, you know, if, if your team doesn't fully appreciate your vision and, and what's required, it, it's hard to, to make these things happen. And, and unfortunately, um, with, with the loss of a few key people and, and all of the other challenges in the market, um, it, it made it really difficult to, to um, execute that, that strategy. Yeah, and I, I know, you know for a fact that you know, you've, the last couple of months as well, I know you haven't been sitting on your, on your hands or anything. You've been out, you've been trying to, to save your business, trying to get investors involved and you know, traveling and, and doing what you can to um, hopefully get something back, I guess, for inertion. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, orders and customers that are waiting on orders or they've had their boards uh, sent to anywhere, somewhere in the world where there's been a local inertion uh, support agent or whatever, and, and they're not sure where their boards are or what's happening. And is there any kind of, um, is there any kind of salvage for some of those people? Is there anything that can be done to, to, to help with um, what's happened? So there's, the, there's a lot of rumors, I guess, floating around um, about us not delivering and, and things like that. In the six years um, that, that Inertion existed, um, we definitely had delays with orders, but um, we, in the end, I mean, we, I think it was like 98.6% of every order that we'd ever received had been fulfilled. Mm. Um, over the last six months, we have um, worked with our payment processing providers and and done refunds of um, well over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to to um, anyone that we couldn't uh, deliver their orders to. So um, I don't think there's a lot of people who are going to be left without product or a refund here. We've worked extremely hard to try to get those refunds out or get the orders out. And, um, you know, there's, yeah, I guess there's about 1.6% of, of, of people out there that, that we haven't been able to look after. And we've now entered into a, um, a voluntary liquidation process, which is a, a formal process where all of the assets in the business will be liquidated. And, and anyone who believes they, uh, are out of pocket and, and, um, wants to lodge a formal claim to, to get um, that issue resolved, there's a formal process now in place where they can do that. So we've worked really hard to make sure that the, the damage done here is minimal and yep. that everyone gets out of this without uh, too much grief. Gotcha. And if there is anyone out there that needs to go through that, like for instance, it's not just about, I guess, the orders that have been placed that seem to be quite a minority of orders that haven't been fulfilled uh yeah, there's also, not there's not many yeah it's also the uh people i know for instance like mario para who's from new york he said he's bought off to somewhere in in the us to get his board fixed and he has no idea where that board is is there something that can be done to help these people that may have asked you know requested support they've done what they need to do to to get their property back or is there you know, is there people that yeah. they can get in touch with or? Um, look, in terms of getting a authorized repair agent to work on a Raptor board, that's not something that will be an official option anymore. Unfortunately, as the company is wound up, so all the formal procedures and processes for getting repairs. Yeah. But I guess one of the... Uh, the good things about the Raptor, it was it, it was made out of DIY electric skateboard parts predominantly. The 
majority of the parts, the batteries, things like that inside that board, they're not um, necessarily a proprietary system that um, is impossible to source. Um, okay. I believe there will be um, some of the, the parts. I mean, I mean, we had it parts in um, China enough to make about 200 more boards. Um, so uh, I believe a, a lot of parts will be um, liquidated and, and there will be ways for people to get these parts. And if you want to repair the board and you don't know how to do it, there are lots of um, forums online these days with, with people who know how to set up the motor controllers, the Foxbox Unity, yeah. swap out BMSs, things like that. So, and fortunately the motor controller that was in the Raptor, you, you can connect any set of motors to that and it will spin up and it will work perfectly good. That's one of the, the benefits of that modular design that we created with the Raptor. So it's, uh, I mean, the parts in there are still great parts and you can build whatever board you want with those parts, fortunately. And would you say that um, once all the liquidation stuff has started or ended or whatever, that there might be some kind of cheat sheet that people can get? Maybe it's just produced where you can say, look, if you're having trouble with your wheels, we recommend this manufacturer. Uh, if you're having trouble with your motors or your batteries or your enclosure or whatever, here's where to go. Uh, I think that would help a lot of people out in me being able to to keep going with the, the board that they've got. Um, or yep. maybe there's yeah, is, is something that you might do or something that someone close to inertia might do? Yeah, look, we're going to work um, over the next few months at least to try to make this a smooth process. Yeah. Um, we, we have limited control over certain things like our suppliers. Um, if they don't want to make parts for the public, there's nothing we can do about that. Mm. Um, but I do know that there are other people out there who are, are um, looking at ways to to make parts that are compatible with the Raptor. So um, I, I don't think it's it's over yet. I think there is life left in that product. There will be um, parts that are available um, at cost price. I'm sure that through the liquidation process. So um yeah so it's it's there there is some hope there yeah i mean let's let's look back in a positive way of what you were able to achieve anyway so i can see you know you started pretty much in a place that i'm in now i'm in a garage you did, had a, like a diy shop that you were doing that you were super passionate about uh you got a lot of interest uh your board was once it started to grow some momentum as well especially from the raptor one to the raptor two it became one of those boards that was hard to get and uh you know i think you did the right thing in minimizing the amount of orders that you would uh you'd be happy to get and then it took a while for the the boards to come but as soon as the boards started being shipped people had amazing experiences people wanted them and there was this um it was like on demand it was a huge thing and uh you know i, I sold my raptor only about a year ago or so i think it was and got a decent price for it too so it held its value uh, because it was such a good board and from when I did my awards things at the end of every year it won twice in a row the Raptor 2.0 um, and then um, you know things obviously shifted and changed and with any business you have your highs you have your lows uh, and it, yeah, it is sad to hear that it is going into ad administration um, but from what I can see like you did build a great board you did you did have good people around you you did have the right idea about how to put it together you were trying to be involved in the community as much as you could. You created the eSkate forums, uh, trying to, you know, get the community buzzing. Um, and, you know, it is sad that it's fallen this way. And I'm sure it's it's your baby that, you know, is going through a bit of pain at the moment. It's a, it's a, it's a bit upsetting. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's impacted your, your life and your stress levels, your family, all that kind of stuff. Um, people need to know that, you know, there's real humans behind these businesses, uh, and that you are a small business and that you're trying to give everybody what they want at a, at a price that's affordable, but also at a, with good quality. Um, do you look back on what you've done and, and you can, you probably not at the moment, but you, you can see what you've been able to give to the, the Eastgate community? 
Yeah, look, uh, it's been a roller coaster. Um, in 2014, when I first started um, with Inertion, there were there were no videos on YouTube about electric skateboards. You can go and and look this up. I was creating some of the first videos on how to make electric skateboards back in 2014. It's crazy that they didn't exist. That there was no information out there for people to readily go on the internet and learn how to connect motors or to to connect a battery or how to build a drivetrain for an electric skateboard. None of that information was available. In 2015, I created a community forum and it was dedicated to educating people about how to make really good electric skateboards. I invited um, all of the small grassroots startup vendors to come onto that platform for absolutely free and and welcome them on there to share their own wares, their own innovation and start communicating with other enthusiasts who wanted to make electric skateboards. Before I did that, it didn't exist. In 2015, I also um, invested a lot of time, energy, um, promotional, effort into bringing a high voltage motor controller um, into mass production, the VESC based motor controllers. Before Inertion did that, they were not available. You could not buy a dedicated motor controller for electric skateboards. You had to use things from the hobby stores and the brakes were dangerous. They were extremely inefficient and and yeah, they, they were just dangerous. So we bought the VESC uh, to the the masses. Uh, we invested a shit ton of money <laughs> into to that. We didn't get it right straight away. It took years, um, and we didn't stop. We, you know, we kept. We we came to the market with the first mass-produced lithium-ion battery with 18650 cells and BMS built in. We were the first to to bring that to market, and so people had for the first time good quality high capacity batteries that they could charge easily. Before that battery, everyone had LiPo batteries and you had to have a separate charger and plug all these wires in and do balancing charging. And it was dangerous, it was complicated. Um, So it was our mission to bring all of these things into the market and make it easy for people to build electric skateboards. And we achieved that, we did that. Um, It was hard work, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't become wealthy from doing any of those things. I mean, it's it's cost me a lot of time, money, blood, sweat, and tears. But um, it was worth it. no regrets. And you know, these days, I believe building an electric skateboard is a viable option that most anyone could achieve if they really wanted to. The, the information is there. There are a lot of vendors out there now who have innovated and made products and made them available and i feel like we played a huge role in that and i think you did too i mean when when you look back and see where you started to where the community has evolved to um and where vests are now being installed on tramper boards cali boards uh you know the Foxbox yep. unity that you've put together with sorry i forgot his name at the moment um what was the guy's name that helped you with the fuck box? Uh, our engineers that worked for Inertia for a few years, um, Jeff and Charles. Jeff, that's they, the guy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they Jeff. were. Yeah, they were. They were the um, the the driving force behind behind that. You know, I bought I bought it to market with the the cash and the marketing and the you know I one of the things that I did that most people weren't able to do is I simplified things for people. I took complex things and simplified them in a way that the average consumer could understand. And that was one of the reasons we were successful because it was complex. It took me three months um, to make my first electric skateboard because I just didn't understand the technology. And and nowadays you can buy a Foxbox Unity dual integrated motor controller that you 
plug motors into, you plug a battery in the other end, open an app and press a button and 10 seconds later, you've got a board that works. That was not possible six years ago. I mean, it was not possible one year ago. So no, because you'd we, have to have yeah. two fuck boxes back in the day and yeah. now you've got them on the yeah. on the same one with the Unity. Um, and talking about that, you know, Unities are, are in bio boards, they're in Kelly's, they're in... Um, whole bunch of different boards including the uh, the raptors yeah is that lacroix cali bio boards they're used all over the world um and they are still one of the most affordable reliable easiest to set up options in the market um mm. it's a great product um, i'm very very proud of of what we achieved with that what our team achieved um and 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 it's sad that um you know when you put so much time effort money towards things that um it still isn't good enough um, to be a viable business. Yeah, and is the Foxbox Unity part of the liquidation or is this something that you've managed to split out to have its own business? Well, the, the thing with the Foxbox Unity, it's, it's, it's essentially, um, I mean, it was built on open source information. So it's, I guess if you're talking about intellectual property and things like that, like the brand Foxbox, um, uh, I can't really comment on, on whether that will exist in the future. I mean, I think the technology, though, um, it, is not going to go away. What we have achieved, what we delivered to the, the market, it's only going to be built on and improved. And that is the beauty of open source, things like that. Yeah, I know, if, like Kelly, for instance, Ernesto is looking at uh, his own version of, of, the, of it with the open source stuff um and people are starting to move away from it because they're not quite sure if the uh, the orders will be fulfilled uh if there's volume if there's a manufacturer those kind of things so hopefully time will tell um if someone does pick it up or if that becomes something that is a viable product in the future uh but it does mean a lot of boards obviously uh, a lot of manufacturers are uh, needing to change uh the bms and the motor controllers and all that kind of stuff at the moment um and if, if it was you, let's say if it was um, Lacroix that were, you know, saying, look, we need more of them, what would you recommend to some of these manufacturers for now um, during this phase of, of inertia? Uh, look, no doubt they will probably try to do it in-house or try to find an alternative um, option. I mean, there, there's really no... Um, other comparable option at the moment but no doubt there will be i mean i'm sure um our engineers that that left us uh are probably going to go and try to do something on their own um and good luck to them i mean they they will learn how difficult it is and and they can deal with the stress of of trying to develop hardware and supply on a global scale and service and support all the customers um so yeah. I don't have to worry about that anymore. It's tough, but I'm sure someone naive enough will go out there and try to do it. Yeah, no, I can imagine that. And uh, you know, where someone falls, another one picks it up. Uh, and there's already some DIY enthusiasts looking at that kind of stuff as well. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure someone will make a I business mean, out of it. The, put it this way, there's a lot of smart people out there in the world on the, on the forums, far more intelligent than I am um who could go and do it the question is what's their appetite for risk i mean that's really the question here when you go in to business um you do need to take on risk it is risky i mean so it's 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 not that there's not enough brilliant engineers and, and people out there it's who's willing to take on the risk and in, inject capital um, and, yeah, and that's one side it. of it. The other side of it too is you're creating a product that can be extremely risky to people if it doesn't work. Uh, so, you yeah. know, if you're going 30 Ks an hour down a steep hill and you're ready to apply those brakes and they don't come on, that's a big problem. Um, yeah. And yeah, lots of big things can happen. And we've seen it in the past with dual, uh, dual control of boards with one remote or um, disconnects and a whole bunch of stuff. So I think you're right. You've got to be willing to, you know, either take the risk and um, go for a, a 
make your own, but knowing that there's going to be people out there that if they have a very bad experience, it's going to affect them from a health point of view or uh, they won't be able to work and all kinds of stuff. So I can, I can see how important it is to get it right. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's a tough industry. I mean, ultra niche markets like yep. motor controllers for electric skateboards. Oh, it's um, so niche. It's ultra niche. I mean, that it's, it's difficult. I, I, it's a hobby business basically mm. i know yeah. for instance with fic for instance their motor controllers they use they've tried to put them into motorbikes uh golf carts a whole bunch of stuff and i remember a couple of years back you were talking and maybe the same motor controller could be used for gates garage doors that kind of thing um do you see do you see yourself still dabbling in electronics or like you've probably had a lot of time to think about what you want to do in the future what's What's in it? What's what's in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one for you? Uh, look, I'm back in two thousand and fourteen when I started the notion. I also became a father, um, so I was meant to be a stay at home dad, um, and stupidly, I also created a business at the same time, um, and it's. Yeah, it's been tough. Now I've got a three-year-old as well as a six-year-old. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to focus on just being being a good dad and, and, and doing what's right by my family. Um, they've had to sort of go without my time and that's been hard on them. Um, you know, I grew up without a dad myself and um he yeah he was never around and at the age of six my parents split up and and my dad was out of the scene so um i know what it's like so i think for me um something that um is very very important to me now is is being a good good father and a good good husband and and doing what's right by my family yeah, it sounds like a lot of reminiscing and a lot of like, yeah, I've been spending probably way too much time on a business that wasn't meant to be what it is right now. And um, yeah, I, I get the same feeling, you know, when you run a business, yeah. like we both run businesses um, that you try and be there for your family as much as you can, but sometimes it's not enough. And then when you look back, you're like, well, was all that effort, that stress, that uh, those traveling and the time and money worth it? to stay away from my family and you it seems to me that you're like it was I don't regret anything but at the same time I do regret not spending enough time at home and uh, totally understand that that makes yeah look no regrets no regrets for me I have um, learnt so much about manufacturing and product development and business you couldn't do a university degree and learn the things that I've had to learn. You know, the trials and errors of being a startup founder, mm. um, that is priceless and I'm going to be a better man and a, and a better business operator in the future, no doubt. So there's yeah. no regrets. Um, maybe just, <laughs> maybe not involved in electric skateboards though if I, if I ever, get back into to business well i was going to ask you too that obviously with all the skills and the experience that you've gained from running your shop and being on the tools basically if if there was a skateboard company or someone in a similar field that said hey we want you to consult we want to have your input uh do you reckon you'd be up for that uh look i'm still passionate about electric skateboards i mean i still <sighs> We had plans for Raptor threes. I mean, we have, they're not at their full potential yet, electric skateboards. I mean, our motor designs, we had um, found ways to get 30% extra power out of our motors and, and higher efficiency. And, you know, we didn't achieve half the things that we wanted to achieve. There's a lot more that can be done um 
if you've got the money and the energy and the experience and the passion and the vision, you, you can push it further. Um, and yeah, I know how to do that, but it's, yeah, I mean, I'll never say no to no, a, a good I opportunity. Think, I love it, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, your headspace at the moment is just to get through what you're going through right now uh, and to, like like you're saying, yeah, you've got a couple of sick kids at home at the moment. You're looking after them. Uh, you want to be more in their life, that kind of thing. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, then, you know, it's kind of like when you break up like with your business, it's like breaking up with a girlfriend that you didn't think you'd ever break up with there's this remorse and there's like, how did this happen? And <laughs> that kind of thing. And then, you know, give it enough time. You're like, yeah, I'm ready to go back on the dating scene or I'm ready to, to get out there and see what's out there for me. Yeah. But, um, I guess for you for now, it's just about evaluating what is important for you and your family and your wife and, and all that kind of stuff and saying, right, well, I want to, you might think six months from now, you're like, yeah, I'm still want to be a stay at home dad, but I want to be able to provide input advice, consulting or whatever on a, you know, whenever I can, maybe spend an hour or something in the study. But, and then you might find that once the kids grow up, you've got a lot more time to, to focus on something that is really um, exciting for you. It might not be skateboards, but it might be, I don't know, it could be anything. You could be running a coffee shop, who knows? Yeah, look, I mean, I I love, uh, I'm a creative person, I'm a technical person, I love um, designing products, uh, I think I've proven that I, I, I'm pretty good at that, um, considering I'm, I'm fully self-taught, I'm not an engineer, I, everything I achieved, it's just been through passion and desire and just, you know, hard work and, and set your mind to something and you can achieve it, so for anyone who's watching this, um, yeah, I think there's some good lessons there. You know, if if you want to achieve something, just you can do it. It's hard work, but yeah, give it a go. No, absolutely. You've got to get on the horse and ride. You know, you got to yeah, see what yeah. it's about. And uh, yeah, just looking at the industry at the moment, you know, inboard uh, fell over last year. You've had uh, inertia, obviously. Boosted's having a, a lot of dramas at the moment. Mm -hmm. Heard through the grapevine that there might be something that can be revived there, and they're working on that at the moment too. Uh, but um, it's 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 quite scary to see that so many manufacturers of good quality boards are are failing. And like you're saying, it could be the amount of people interested in it, the amount of orders that are coming through, the amount of awareness of what what these are. Like I I look in I had a look at Melbourne's traffic this morning, um, and it's ridiculous. Uh, yet you've got all these bike paths and that are completely bare. You know, there's only a dozen or so people riding along the track when you could have a skateboard or a you know a bike or a whatever you know getting out there and having a bit more fun and that's why i just don't understand why more more and more people aren't embracing these personal electric vehicles uh and that's what i think you can see too is that there's there's so much there's so much positivity and, and advantages to to what they are that I think it just needs education it needs legalization everywhere it needs a, a bunch of stuff to happen to in order to keep this industry progressing because everybody wants the next best thing everyone's looking forward to what whoever brings out whatever in 2020 but it seems too at the moment that the only ones that are really doing well are the ones that are just doing the basics you know you look at the x-way flex and you look at it's just good quality stuff but it's nothing new uh and they can sell it cheap uh and it's doing extremely well um but then you try, you know, to get someone that's a, a future thinker, you know, like Inertion was, like Boosted is, uh, except for their range. Um, Tramp is trying to do really good things in the mountain boarding department. And so it's, yeah, that's just my thoughts about the industry. It's just, we need to get more people yeah, on them. We need, we need to, yeah. It's economies of scale. I mean, you, you if you're too small, um, you can't achieve anything you have to get to a certain scale um and if the market can't support that scale or if there are other boundaries to achieving that like laws or mm. education or i mean it, it is really difficult i think um yeah i, I don't see any really strong western brands being a leader in this this industry i think the um 
there'll be a few of, of the better Chinese-owned brands who, um, I mean, if you look at the drone industry, for instance, I mean, there's, you know, there's one brand everyone knows, DJI. Yes. Yeah. There's not any close competition. Um, and, you know, I think um, electric skateboards aren't going to go away, um, but I think there's going to be um, maybe a, like a price war, sort of like what happened with the hoverboards where, um, you know, a whole bunch of similar products enter the market and there's pressure on price. And consumers, don't get me wrong, consumers have a lot um, to answer for in, in this as well. They put pressure on prices. They dem demand free replacement parts and free replacement boards and the best service and instant response and, and, and you know, immediate delivery. Like, so the, there's a balance there where industry and consumers need to find equilibrium that is sustainable. And at the moment, um, you know, a, a, and boosted, I think one of their things that helped them was their great service and they looked after people and they sent people new boards and new stuff and uh, even if they didn't have warranty remaining they got repairs done for free um that trains consumers to expect that at every level and um the only way you can do that is if premium prices on on the mm. product or um really low cost parts it's the only way you can do it and low cost means low quality and you know, I'm just a bit worried that maybe um, this electric skateboard industry that we all love and have worked to build up may end up looking like the hoverboard market where it got banned for in the US due to, uh, you know, kids were dying. Yeah, and batteries were catching and on fire. And, yeah. So, mm. so the, you know, everyone's responsible here. I mean, you need... You know, businesses need to be responsible for what they're doing and, and keep innovating and trying to make things better and safer. And, and if economy of scale gets there, costs will come down that way. But if the economy of scales aren't there and, and these businesses are just in a price war, it's not going to be good. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but um, hopefully, hopefully it works out good. Yeah, and... <laughs> There's a lot of hurdles there that you're talking about for anyone either already in the industry or thinking about coming into it, uh, that it's not just about selling a cheap board, it's about servicing it, it's about keeping the customer happy. And, and you've got to really be upfront to say, look, this is a $650 board, if it is the Flex, uh, it doesn't come with any support. It's yours, you can get it, it's cheaper, but we can't, can't help you, in other yeah. words. Then you can make something that has the terms and everything up front. Uh, and it makes sense because then you don't have to factor in those costs into the the board price itself. Um, the problem is some countries have laws that don't allow yeah, like businesses Australia. to behave that way. You know, yeah, you, like a, well, two years, I think it is, isn't it, with the uh, within Australia that yeah, you've got you, to support. Yeah, exactly. Europe is two years warranty by law. Australia, um, it's not it's not two years necessarily, but there's laws that. You know, there are implied warranties and these Western markets and these laws, consumer laws, dictate that. It doesn't, it doesn't occur like that for Chinese-based businesses. And you know what? I think, I think consumers, um, once they know how to do the repairs themselves and if the parts are available, I mean, I, I think most people... Um, should be willing to consider doing some of the stuff themselves because sending boards around the world is not, it's not environmentally friendly. It's extremely expensive shipping things around the place. I mean, yeah, it's people, I guess at some point are going to have to um, think about when they buy a product like an electric skateboard because they always break. Sk I mean, even just skateboards. When I was a kid, um, skating around, you have to know how to replace bearings, replace snap kingpins, you know, things, decks would snap, things would break 
all the time. Skateboards mm. get hammered. It's just the nature of that 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 product. It's close to the ground. It's made out of relatively lightweight materials, um, and it's got you know hundred kilo people on top of it going over bumps and dropping off edges. I mean, they're, they're not engineered to last forever and warranties. Um, yeah, for, it, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. I think, I think that's why uh, DIY electric skateboarding, um, electric skateboard building, I think, you know, that that's, that's an interesting market. It's, it's very small. Um, but I, I, I think people just need to learn how to fix their own stuff a bit better. Yeah, exactly. It was back in the day when you had a TV set, you didn't take it back to the TV guy. You got into it, had a look, or got you went to a local repair person to, to do it for you. Um, same thing with skateboards. You know, you people are shipping these all over the world for servicing and repairs and things too, um, because that's what the brands are telling them that they need to do. Uh, yeah, as you said, it's expensive. It's not very environmentally friendly to do it that way, but there people just need to say, Hey, you, you get all these tools with your board, open it up and have a look and, and fix it yourself, how to change a belt properly or how to replace a motor. Those kind of things are pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. Um, but again, that goes back to a consumer level. There's a consumer expectation on things like scooters and skateboards, electric beam and bikes that, uh, they're going to work. Um, and if they don't, then they're going to be able to get it solved pretty quickly. Um, I guess that's, a, that's another interesting area of electric skateboards that people find very frustrating. Yeah, to, it's, but, real, um, it's, it's a huge problem. It's a, it's a massive challenge. I mean, mm. if boosted board can't <laughs> survive, I mean, if... Yeah. And the way, the way it, that they a, were doing there, challenge. from what I hear, the way that they were actually getting a world dominated market is uh that that you know boosted were pretty much told by their um investors that they had to get out there spend the money on becoming a world leader and the way that they did that was they signed up at local stores like say 12 board store or ben buckler boards or whatever uh and just gave them stock at no cost and said if you sell it great we'll get the money if not no problem just ship them back yeah uh, so all this money in board manufacturing was out there and they weren't getting anything back and um and it's a huge huge challenge even to to administrate that um and to check that invoices were being paid you know that's that where's the mm -hmm. stock sitting where is it like it was all a bit messy so um hopefully they sort themselves out and there's some interesting things going on there but, yeah, um, I mean, if you've got a hundred million plus dollars worth of capital injection, I, I guess you can take those risks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, yeah. these people are going to be knocking back on your door, saying, "Where's all my money? Where's it gone? Where's all the the profit that you know we we spoke about?" And <clears throat> that's when things belly up too. So uh, I think you know you've you've been you know at the end of all this, you've been successful in creating something that will be remembered. That was a fantastic board, but. Um, you know, it's not viable, I guess, in the industry that we're in at the moment, uh, with the amount of people that are wanting electric skateboards that are aware of their existence. Um, and yeah, that's not only you, but a bunch of others are falling and it's, uh, scary to see. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm. I mean, who knows, who knows what will happen, but yeah, it so is what just, it is. Just out of interest too. Like, yes, you are liquidating. Um, and in terms of the, uh, the people that I guess are owed is it's obviously it's not that many people that had orders, but is there people that you were providing fuck boxes to and things that might be out of pocket quite a fair bit, or is it just most no. mostly, like, mostly yourself? No, or? no, no, no one um, is owed fuck box at, uh, who's ordered. Mm -hmm. um, so that's not an issue. Um, we, like I said, there's, we, we've done a huge amount of refunds over the last six months. Um, yep. And, you know, the, no doubt there will be someone with some, some valid claims and there's a, a formal process which um, is now in place where anyone can get a resolution there. So we're, we're doing what's required there to make sure that this is wound up um, according to ASICs. Uh, laws, uh, the the corporate law in Australia, it's very strict. There's there's a procedure that has to be followed, and and we are doing that voluntarily. 
Okay, cool. And are you affected um, individually too? It's not just the business? Is there some things you have to go through personally too, unfortunately, with this winding up? Yeah, I've personally invested um, a lot of money uh, into this business. Um, so myself and, and my family. Um, so there's, yeah, there's a... The, Put it this way: We, I, I didn't get wealthy <laughs> from from this. Uh, it's been, it's it's been risky, um, and I knew when I started this that most businesses, it, it's you know statistically the chances of of businesses um, making it beyond five years is very low. Um, it's something like 95% of all businesses fail within five years. It's it, so that, you know, I took on a risk and I take full responsibility for that. Um, and I've just got to man up and accept that. And that's, that's life. And I think, um, you know, you, you, you've got to be prepared to, to take some risks in life if you want to reap the, rewards don't you <laughs> that's yeah, couldn't that's, agree more that's how it is yeah yeah no exactly well I, look i think um if there's any other questions i'm sure there will be from people that we might like you said have a follow-up uh discussion um later down the track to see how things are going with you and to see what else uh, if there's any other anything else anyone wants to talk about but look i I can feel your pain and I can see it on your face and I can uh, understand what you've been going through. And, uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate that it's happened and there's been a lot of people affected by it. Um, just with any business winding up, that is just the nature of it. Uh, but, um, you know, yeah, there was a lot of um, skepticism, you know, website goes offline and, you know, people uh, talk a lot, they, they predict a lot, they assume a lot. Uh, so I think it's really good that you've kind of come together with, with us and we can at least answer some of those questions that people have got to. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so in, in summary, you're not really looking at doing anything in the escape world for now. Uh, you're wanting to really just spend some time with your family and wind up the business, do it properly. Um, and it sounds in a positive way that there's not too many people that are owed boards or money, which is great from, the, from that. Um, and uh, yeah, look forward to chatting to you more. Uh, see where you go. See what you do. Yeah, that's right. So um, we're we're going to make sure this is wound up according to the law and make sure that everything's done properly. Um, I'm here taking full responsibility for this situation. Um, it is what it is. It's really it's tough out there, um, and. Yeah, if anyone's watching this, wondering whether they should start up a hardware business, <laughs> um, yeah, do your due diligence, do your planning, make sure your business model is sound, um, make sure you've got the capital to see it through, um, and think long and hard about whether you have the balls to put it all on the line because. Mm. Um, you can do great things. Uh, you can achieve things that you never thought were possible. Um, but there is risk, but there's also rewards for those smart enough and hard, hardworking individuals out there who, who can push through and, and make it happen. So, I mean, it's the, the global economy at the moment, it, it's not looking good um, for those people who are watching this video who aren't um, familiar with with the Australian economy. Um, you know, it's it's looking pretty bad uh, with the bushfires we've had and the coronas coronavirus and um, there's a huge government stimulus that's just been announced and there's retailers. Um, going into liquidation all last year it's it's looking like australia could enter um into a recession if we if we haven't already um so it, it's really tough and i think the the u.s economy um is also struggling 
uh, it's hard to know about the Chinese economy and, and, and the data that they report, but I think it, it's going to be a tough few years. So, um, yeah. Couldn't agree yeah. more. I mean, you look, there's Kiki K, one of the biggest stationery stores here in Australia. They've just uh, been uh, put into voluntary administration. Uh, over the weekend, 155, I think it was, billion dollars of uh, has been wiped off our stock exchange. Uh, and you look at what people are saying with the coronavirus. We've had two cases now in Australia where schools have been shut down. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there isn't that many deaths at the moment. There's all these people running around trying to stock up on toilet paper and hygienic yeah. stuff and whatever and uh yeah it's unprecedented Seems like a stuff. good business toilet paper maybe yeah. i don't know that's a yeah, better the, business model the interesting thing is like toilet paper most of what we can uh, use here in terms of toilet paper is made right here in melbourne so it's uh it's not yeah. something that is imported um or else it'd be a lot more expensive uh but as you're saying like no one's really going along the the you know the the high streets, the, the shops or anything like that. They're not out and about. They're buying online. They're, they're keeping indoors. They're watching their Netflix and hopefully on YouTube and that kind of thing. And even in the... We've got 250 staff where I am and uh, we get told day in, day out, wash your hands, keep hygienic, stay at home if you can, uh, don't go flying anywhere. Like, it's, it's crazy. Um, mm. So by people not feeling that they can be outdoors, shops skateboards a whole range of different industries are being affected um luckily for what i do it's all digital and that's what people are going to be consuming while they're indoors um so i don't know if it'll be a big thing but yeah it, we're even finding that some of our clients aren't paying their bills because they've been affected uh you know education providers financial advisors uh that you know are trying to secure home loans for people asian people that are coming into our country to live uh but they can't get in here so it stops everything mm -hmm um yeah, it's tough times tough yeah times. so either like with any bad situation some people like entrepreneurs will look at it and find a way to uh make money um but yeah i think there's going to be a big decline on salaries there's going to be a lot of change in how we operate and how we do things um because people are scared to you know the coronavirus for instance you could be talking to someone it can be transmitted it's not just saliva anymore it's uh it's quite scary so um yeah it's yeah uh, if you look at uh italy and and china and iran and um you know they're they've got they've got some big hurdles in front of them and mm. and same with you know the us and australia and some of these other countries that it's not it's not so bad yet i mean it, it could get bad so yeah um, i hope everyone just stays safe and healthy and washes their hands and yeah hopefully we can we can stay on Get top through of it. it yeah exactly well yeah it's going to be at least six to nine months before anything good comes out of it i'm sure but we've just got to all do the right thing and stay healthy and look after each other um but no yeah, i really appreciate you coming our on. families yeah exactly. yeah no worries yeah no, i appreciate um, you coming on and um if there's anything final you want to talk about go for it otherwise um yeah we can finish it up but yeah, I mean, just to wrap things up. So, um, yeah, I, I think I just want to make it clear that um, everyone that's been involved with inertia from the start, um, we couldn't have done what we did without everyone. Um, some people donating time, energy, into the business, um, our staff, um, their family, um, anyone who's been involved in inertia, uh, I just want to apologize to, to, to those people that we weren't able to make it um, a, a success in the end. And I, I take full responsibility from that. I'm not hiding from, from that reality. It is what it is. And I have to live with that. Um, but yeah, I just thank everyone for their support over the years. Um, there's a lot of passionate people out there. I think, uh, electric skateboard building is always going to be a thing that exists. Um, and it's going to continue to evolve. Hopefully the products just get better and better and more people get educated on how to make really good electric skateboards. That's all we ever wanted 
in 2014. We just wanted people to make really good electric skateboards at home, um, make them the way they wanted them and, and enjoy them the way they wanted to enjoy them. And, and, you know, if we've been able to make that happen, if, if our time and effort and energy has, has helped make people, um, aware of electric skateboards and, and get involved in, in, in it, oh, I'm a happy man and, and no regrets from me. No, and, and really it's all about creating a, an option, a fun, exciting personal transport option to get around. And, uh, you know, I think you've been a big part of that, about the evolution of it by putting together the Fox boxes and really figuring out how to do it properly. Um, so yeah, all the best, mate. And, uh, yeah. We'll see what I happens. I might actually have I might actually have time to ride some electric skateboards now. <laughs> yeah. you no, know, exactly. Instead of, yeah. instead of working. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it does defeat the fun for you uh, by having a skateboard be such a pressure cooker of emotion and business and stuff like that. That hopefully, yeah, you might look at your skateboard in your garage one day and go, "Yeah, I wouldn't mind giving that a ride." And off you go yeah. and you remember what it was all about. All right, we'll finish it there. Thanks very much. We'll see you on the next one, big fella. Thanks. See ya.